but anyway, because the implication. Because of the implication. <laughs> We're not gonna hurt this shark. We just want the shark to think that hey, who knows what happens out here. <laughs> Welcome to episode 29 of Who the Hell is This For? We are coming to you from our new studio at my new apartment. No longer are we in a messy bedroom and we have moved to a dining room. All three of us sitting around a table equally distant from the mic. (laughs) We're really moving up. We are moving up in the world. This is going to make editing a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. The studio finally decided to shell out for a, <laughs> a decent recording space. Still looking for those sponsorships, so. <laughs> Maybe now we'll get them. Who knows? Yeah. Sponsor my dining room. Yeah. We'll put a big logo up on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Prodcath will be okay yeah. with that. Prodcath is not with us for this episode because she is currently on her way back from a conference, uh, but she will be doing her staff pick next week, and we'll talk a little bit about that at the end of the pod. But today, we reviewed one of my personal favorites. We are talking about Jaws. Yeah, the Jason Statham feature. <laughs> God damn it. About <laughs> the Megalodon. With Rain Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> And LL Cool J. I really thought about actually just watching The Meg oh and God. giving all of my answers as if it was about The Meg instead, just to piss you off. But it's also your birthday week. This, this, this is, is your birthday podcast, so I figured I should probably be nice. I'm so glad that it worked out that I didn't get screwed with Snakes on a Plane. Because <laughs> the whole time when I made the poll, I thought this is going to happen. Oh, They're yeah. going to do it. They're going to just run away with Snakes on a Plane. I think, though, of all the other things that have run away on the polls... It's either been like complete direct sabotage or people like not liking the favorite as much as we think. Yeah. But I think Jaws is like a pretty safe favorite. It's true. I know the guys at the Unlucky Ones tried to sabotage again, <laughs> but it sounds like this one didn't get as much traction because Final Goes West, I guess, like several different like groups, tangents, <laughs> all like. <laughs> I'll start an insurgency to just destroy the pod that weekend. Yeah. Well, you know what really happened is that there was a it was a real rough primary for the <laughs> the other ones, and Five just kind of won by default. <laughs> All right. So before we get into Jaws, what have you guys been watching this week? Uh, I saw Us this week. Finally. Uh, and it was as good as advertised. We talked a little bit about this off mic, but um, while we think that Get Out was probably the better film, like created and and uh, how it was directed and everything like that, I think that Us was my more favorite experience, mm-hmm. both in the theater and just kind of thinking about it afterwards. Um, and I don't know if that's because it was there were some pieces that were like less obvious, if that makes sense. Or there were things that I like really had to like look up later. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know what Jeremiah eleven eleven was until this, I looked it up. Us gives you so much more to do after the movie. Yes. Compared to Get Out. Yes. That's what I've heard. Which and I really really enjoy that because I like that with all traditional horror movies that build a bigger world and big build some lore to it, like John Carpenter does. Uh, like I've said before, I compare it a lot to Prince of Darkness. Okay. Uh, I feel like they're wildly different movies, but they. Take a same approach to the way they present the story to you. Gotcha. What about you, Riley? Let's see. I watched... I know there's one we shared that yeah, we're we'll, probably going to we'll talk, talk about. Pet Cemetery. That's one that I watched. Uh, what did I watch earlier this week? Oh, Isle of Dogs. Oh, oh how was that? That was okay. Yeah. Um, definitely not my favorite. Wes Anderson. Does it still feel? Oh you? yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but. Uh, it's just yeah, it's just a little different, and the yeah. puppet thing was yeah. was different. Uh, apparently, it's all in a lot of it's in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. So basically, how it's set up is the dogs speak in English. That's where all the actors are. But in the world they're in, they're in Japan, and so everyone speaks Japanese and without subtitles. And then there's like a translator. Uh, okay. It's really, it's kind of, it's very Wes Anderson. Yeah. 
but it was good. I'd probably watch it again. Let's do it. Let's talk about Pet Cemetery because uh, both Riley and I watched it. This just week. the real gas truck wreck of us movie. Oh my us. god! It just. <laughs> I was so. I was so ready for this one, and I may have hyped myself up a little bit too much, but this is one of the more disappointing movies I've seen recently. Wow. Because I I love I love the original. And you were hyped up for this. I was you very hyped up for this, yeah. Um, I might have said it was one of my most anticipated at the end of the year, yeah. and god damn, did they just... <laughs> They ruined it. They they didn't ruin the franchise, but they ruined the opportunity they had to make a good movie. Yeah. Uh, they they cut out so much that could have been great, and the big change that people were like upset about, I was on board for it, but they didn't do anything with it. They didn't do anything with the changes they made except give it a crappy ending and just waste potential. Uh, I gave it a two and a half out of ten. Damn. Yeah. I mean, I was probably at like a five just because I hadn't read the book or seen the other movie. Okay. So I was just going into it fresh, but I still... The ending itself, like, ruined the movie. Yeah. Even if the rest of the movie had been good, the ending still would have dropped it from... Say I gave it a seven, it would have dropped it a seven to a five for me. Gotcha. The ending was that bad. Uh, other than that, I've also been watching a lot of Dragon Ball Super. Yeah! <laughs> Watched Battle of the Gods and Resurrection F. Battle of the Gods is okay. Uh, Resurrection F is absolutely incredible. And if you are a Dragon Ball Z fan, like you grew up watching Dragon Ball Z and you love the Frieza story, you need to watch Resurrection F. Because it's... Even if you just jump right into it, there are going to be some things you don't understand because everybody's just gotten way stronger. (laughs) That's why you need to watch Battle of the Gods to kind of catch up with today's Dragon Ball. But it's it's good. I I really enjoyed it. And then I also watched Spider-Verse again because that's, I mean, never a bad time to rewatch Spider-Verse. Very true. Uh, And I watched a movie called Final Girls. Uh, Expected it to be pretty dumb, Uh uh, but it's a very, like, meta campy parody of 80s slashers and it involves people going into a movie because the final girls at the end of the exactly movie, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it involves them going into an 80s slasher uh that they're watching at the theater and it's way smarter than i expected and if you like that if you like the 80s slasher i would suggest watching final girls gotcha. hmm. i watched two other ones uh, one is not up your alley, but I did watch Phantom Thread this week. Oh, okay. Just because we watched There Will Be Blood last, last week, so Paul Thomas is Anderson. Is anything and, made by Paul Thomas Anderson with Daniel Day-Lewis now just not up my alley? Uh, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I just feel like all the complaints that you had about There Will Be Blood are <laughs> consistent with this one. So it's this, it's this world, it's this very subtle world and i'll say i don't know if i liked it or not i really mm-hmm. i really don't know how i feel about it i think it's probably a five or a six but i can see what they're going for and like like in there will be blood there's all these intentional choices that are artistic but i don't necessarily enjoy mm-hmm. and that's kind of how i felt mm-hmm. about this one where it's this very exacting world and he's like a dressmaker and by the way daniel day lewis is a fucking chameleon because i could there's no <laughs> No resemblance in character or person or anything. Like, I had the hardest time just having that in my mind that these are the same people because they were such different characters. So that's that, that is something that he, like, he'll go down as being just one of the all-time greats because of that. It's so hard. So, um, but there's, there's kind of this twist that they're building to, and then it's not really a twist, and it's just like, it really falls flat in the last 20 minutes. Um, and it's building tension all the way through, and then it just doesn't pay off. And so you're like, so I don't know. But then I watched a movie that is for sure uh, both your alleys. Have you guys seen Assassination Nation? Not yet. I've been. I've heard so much about it. It is fucking incredible. That's um, what I've heard. Yeah. It's. I mean, it is. It is brutal and it is gross and <laughs> there's a lot of blood and. Um, I don't, I don't know how to... I mean, the premise is that there's these four girls who are, like, kind of popular, and it's just this shitty high school world where everybody's just shitty teenagers mm-hmm. being shitty to each other. And so then it, it kind of breaks down into this, like, purge, basically, type of thing. 
because everybody thinks that some that one of the girls in the group of four did something and she really didn't. But then they're just like, let's just what if we just went and murdered her? Hmm. And that's basically okay. the and it's like uh, a really cool like not send up of feminism, but it's like definitely like a, a feminism revenge. Yeah, I, and that's what I've heard. Like like you said, it's not a send up. It's a it's a look at the new age of feminism. It sounds like, and it is more. It's. It sounds very empowering, yes. and not a takedown of it. Yes, yep. And so I've I really really wanted to watch that one. So that it's probably on, just bumped up. On it's my on list. Hulu. Okay. Um, it is. I mean, beware. Not I mean, not you guys beware, but our <laughs> listeners beware. Like it is not a comfortable movie. Yeah, I I heard there isn't the opening sequence just like trigger warning set to just like violence. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so I've I've heard it's very very good though. It is. I mean, it is a movie where if you have anything in your past like that, it's mm-hmm. not it's not for you. Yeah. It really is not. Um, so, but it's good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So I think it's about time to get to the main main attraction. Pour ourselves some apricot brandies and head out on the orca. It's time to talk about Jaws. Which, goddamn, I'm just... I've been elated ever since, one, that it even got put on the pole. And just, it started running away with it. I was like, yes, this is it. The audience has finally redeemed themselves. <laughs> In your eyes. In my eyes, that's true. This is, a count, this is essentially count as Tyler's staff pick. No. <laughs> <laughs> because if you go back and listen, I was very willing to let it be bumped from the pole. That's true. And its inclusion was at your guys' insistence. So my hands are out of this. That's true. <laughs> All right, let's get into a plot summary of Jaws. Well, I think just Tyler let Tyler do, do it. it. Yeah. yeah. Should we just do... Dun, 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 in the background. Man, if I had my record player hooked up, I could just go throw the Jaws soundtrack on. <laughs> but, so it is... It's a man from mainland New York who moves out to an island and uh, heads up as a police chief there. And it's a quiet town. They've never had a murder. And then suddenly there's a shark attack. And he is more than willing to address it head on while people in control of the town are trying to sweep it under the rug and not let this turn into a big deal because they're about to head into 4th of July and summer season. And they don't want anything to affect their profits. Uh, So it, it builds through the first hour and you just have a slice of life in the town dealing with this shark problem. And then after that, you finally have the point where uh, the police chief's son and the mayor's son both almost get eaten by the shark. It pushes them both to the point where they finally go to the crazy old fisherman who has offered to go kill the shark for $10,000. Begin the second half of the movie, which these are essentially two different movies, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, And they take Matt Hooper, uh, marine biologist, Martin Brody police chief and quint i can't remember quint's first name do they ever say it i just assumed he's like share and i am yeah. just quint quint yeah yeah captain quint and they i they feel like a off. rupert rupert quint rupert quint that sounds right <laughs> of harry potter fame <laughs> maybe is that where i'm getting that from? that's where you're getting oh, that from rupert grint <laughs> oh there you go i thought it All sounded right. good rupert quint holidays uh, quint <laughs> i'm basically jk rowling at this point <laughs> Little known fact, they were all gay together on the boat. <laughs> Gets lonely at sea. Uh, but anyway, Because of the implication. Because of the implication. <laughs> we're not going to hurt this shark. We just want the shark to think that, hey, who knows what happens out here. <laughs> anyway, so they take out to the ocean, and they finally go, and they hunt down the shark. And so with this movie, you get, you get a small-town drama of a corrupt government and just one man trying to do what he can against it. And then you finally have the adventure movie, which is payoff to the entire first hour of building this town. And you just, you have, in my opinion, one of the best hours of film in film history. But we'll talk about that when we get into what it does right. <laughs> into what we didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do we want to get into... Let's do our Rotten Tomatoes rundown. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, looks like our critics meters at ninety seven percent, audience score wow. ninety. 
with almost 100,000 user reviews. Awesome. So, so you say 97 for critics and yeah. 90 for... What a powerhouse um, movie. Normally we do rotten reviews. Uh, through four pages, there really aren't any ones worth sharing. There's Overall, four. there are two rotten reviews, and neither of, neither of them are very good. Yeah, so obviously it's a good movie. So this this movie was written or directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, this was basically his debut as far as a big movie goes. He had done small projects. He had done TV. But this was his feature film debut. And it uh, just... Spielberg was 29 when this movie was released. That's it, crazy. Yeah. What was the budget for this movie? That I'm not seeing. Let me check, do a quick search. We're moving a lot slower today because I don't have internet in the new studio yet. Seven million USD. So seven million dollars, and it made four hundred seventy million. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. That is that is fucking amazing. That yeah. ratio is nuts. Is four hundred and seventy like its theater or is it is that that's all box gross? office? Ball, oh fuck, that's crazy. Yeah. And I, it's absolutely insane how well this movie did. And is that adjusted for inflation? I'm not sure if it is or not. I was, I'm gonna. Why you guys discuss that? I'm gonna look that up. Because that figure seems. Cra- I mean, mm-hmm. I know it's one of the best. Like, and it continues. People continue to show it at theaters yeah. too. So it could be continuing to grow. But man, that is crazy. Okay, so Jaws. Okay, let's see here. Uh, another fact while Riley gets that pulled up, uh, everyone involved with this movie thought it was going to be a massive flop. Really? Everyone, uh, most of the crew thought Spielberg would never work in Hollywood again. Wow. Yeah. They thought this movie was horrible. It was a terrible production. Uh, it was hell for everyone involved. And they, ne- like... Everybody thought that Spielberg's career was over and that he would never get another like major release. So is that be- is that before they saw the cut of the movie yeah. themselves? That okay. was that was on the day they wrapped production. Okay. I heard uh, more trivia. I heard that on the first they didn't test the shark at all uh, until they got they were shooting in the water and they put it in the water and it sank straight to the bottom. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Here we go. So I think that might be total, but because this says it made two hundred sixty million unadjusted okay. gross, but adjusted gross was one point one billion, and that's adjusted right for, for inflation. inflation. Yeah. yeah, just absolute fucking powerhouse of a movie, and it like I I will say this this statement changes as of recently, but up until recent years Spielberg. Is the I mean Spielberg is an all time great. Like he yeah, is he's the just greatest director. For an Oscar. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> he's, he's directed so many. He's the best director of all time, in my opinion. And even though he puts out stuff that isn't as groundbreaking, it's still not terrible. Yeah. I mean, I have my thoughts about Ready Player One, but visually, it's it looks good. I can't argue that. Yeah. Um, it's just based off garbage source material. Yeah. And, I mean, Spielberg did great adapting. Well, he didn't write it, but the source material for Jaws, also not great. You know, um, he also really hit it out of the park with Five Goes West. (laughs) So, I mean, he's he's up there. I mean, his movies, Jaws, Five Goes West. (laughs) But, I mean, Ready Player One. So, it, it is to be said, you know, like, two of my five top favorite movies are Spielberg, Jurassic Park, and Jaws. I watched your Jaws today. I'm going later today to go watch Jurassic Park downtown. I Spielberg has been a super influential part of me getting into film. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even get into Jaws until about a year and a half, two years ago. Because I'd always written it off. Like, I love Jurassic Park. But I was like, oh, yeah, it's that shark movie. Yeah. And now it is my all-time favorite movie I've ever seen. Oh. A momentous day on the pod. It is. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited that we got to review this one. <laughs> um, I was going to ask, so Spielberg has done, you know, these huge features. Um, we should probably mention that a big 
portion, not a portion of his success, but a person that's been heavily tied to Spielberg is obviously John Williams, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so both in Jurassic Park and this seems to really have, like that partnership seems mm-hmm. to really work well. It's kind of like Nolan and Zimmer, right? Yeah. Like you, it's impossible to separate the mood from his films without the music. Um, and they seem to really go in tandem. I read that uh, when Williams first presented Spielberg with the score for this movie, he thought it was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. And it it's crazy, like, all these things that we talk about show that Jaws maybe shouldn't have worked as well as it did, but it somehow came together and just became one of the highest grossing movies of all time, one of the most important movies of all time, as far as, like, you know, putting somebody on the map like Spielberg. There's I can ramble about this for hours, so we should probably move on to something else. But Jaws is This is what we really need Catherine here for. Yeah. yeah. I told her that without her this pod is going to be several hours long. It's gonna be a two parter. <laughs> the second part's out us out in the ocean. <laughs> so let's get into what did this movie do well? Should we um, save Tyler for last? Yeah, I'm going to so let you guys go first. Yeah. Let out everything. Sure. Go ahead. Um, so as far as what worked well in this movie, um, I, I, we might as well just kind of branch into the fact that this is two different movies, right? Mm-hmm. So I will agree with you that the second half, once they get onto the boat, is a great movie. I know you're not as big on the first half. Yes. I So I have no problem with people doing world building, right? Some mm-hmm. of the best movies like require world building. I don't know that this movie needed as much world building as it needed to in order for the second half to pay off. It, I would that argue sense. that it builds the shark into as big of a threat as it is. And if we hadn't had as much of that, then it would have just been, you know, a group of guys going out fishing. Whereas this is guys, this is three knights going to slay a dragon. This is a group of adventurers going to kill a monster. Yeah. And I think that the first half lends itself well to do that. My counterpoint, and it may not be a great counterpoint if you don't agree, is that something like The Old Man and the Sea is a book that does not spend a lot of time talking about the fish before he goes out and still spends just as much time Mm -hmm. on the battle, and it's still just Mm -hmm. as compelling. So I think that you get the... you, You transform the shark from a fish... To a monster, I get that. I get the what the bad fish, but there's a lot. Maybe there's a lot of that first hour Mm. that you could cut. I don't know that you would even need to add it necessarily to the second hour, but there's just there's just a bunch of it. There's like just get to the part where they're on the boat. Yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. slogging through this part to get to the good part. That's fair, and it it depends on if you like well, which is (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like in a movie like this, you end up focusing on what doesn't because it did so much well right even when you're in the what it does well section right i will say i really liked from like of the first part from when the um marine hooper when he shows Mm -hmm. up from when he shows up on i think the movie is really good yeah but it's up until then the only thing that i think is really good about the first portion is the first attack or not the first attack when they're all on the beach and they do this the iconic yes on um, on the chief, um, that's a, a really cool. Like they do some cool camera stuff mm. in the first part, but like when the first teens are like running to the beach and they're like, "Where are you going? <laughs> Swimming!" <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not drunk. <laughs> I'm just gonna lay it's down like, here a little while. Yeah, that's me when I'm drunk. It's <laughs> just <laughs> I'm not drunk. <laughs> And then passes out on the beach. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, okay, so stuff that this movie actually does well. Um, the the last hour where they're going out and getting it is very compelling. I think some of the, the best, um, like, acting. So one thing that we should talk about is that this movie is, is old, right? It's 1970s, right? 1975. Yeah. 1975. Yep. So when you watch an older movie and you've been watching today's movies, really the only, the only things that continue or have staying power are performances right right like story and performances those are the only things that really stand up because if you look at the shark you're like that's a fucking joke right like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean that's it looks like an old 70s b movie right Uh and it could have been technically great at the time but yeah but the performances of the main three guys and the different things that they bring are 
fantastic in this movie. Like, I know that people love, like, all the characters, but Hooper is a great character Mm -hmm. and does a great job of Mm -hmm. being the, like, like brought up through wealth, like, smart family type of thing, but then also, like, proving himself by Mm -hmm. going out and, you know, getting in the water in the shark cage and stuff like that. Tying navel knots. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which uh, people have noted that is not a sheepshank knot that he ties. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, to kind of piggyback off that one thing I liked, really liked about this movie was the chemistry between our three characters yeah. all yeah. worked really well. Which I read, uh, Hoop because you know Hooper and uh, <laughs> Quinn I know do not get along this. in the movie uh-huh. as characters. Apparently, did not get along at all. Offset. They as hated well. each other. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So it really helped build. Or sell. Robert Shaw harassed Richard Dreyfus constantly. Uh, and they talk about it on the Rewatchables episode on Jaws. And I don't want to like completely bite off the points they made. But one of the funniest stories that they tell is that Shaw repeatedly... Uh, told Dreyfus to jump off the uh, jump off the top of the mast of the orca, <laughs> and it was offering him just like thousands of dollars. And he's like, "Do it, you coward!" Like, <laughs> and Spielberg eventually had to step in. And he's like, "Guys, we're not doing this." <laughs> but yeah, they like they full on hated each other because Dreyf or Shaw was a pretty notable alcoholic. And that carried through in this movie as well. Uh-huh. Uh, the the Indianapolis speech was almost ruined because he did want to do it drunk the uh-huh. first time that they recorded it. Uh-huh. And all the footage they had was completely useless. <laughs> and so Spielberg almost cut the scene until like Shaw was like, give me one more chance, I'll do it. And then knocked it out of the park the next day with what we got. Uh, rather, what else did you like about this movie? trying to think the chemistry but like and you said like the acting those are the two big ones of this movie obviously the score it's very you know just the iconic da, 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 it's very mm-hmm. i thought the practical effects were pretty good i liked sure it's a big 1970s robot shark mm-hmm. i liked it i thought it had a little charm to it, it does yeah especially the last one when he jumps on the boat which is just kind of hilarious but <laughs> just uh, yeah <laughs> Spielberg made the right decision when that prop initially didn't work because you were supposed to see it so much more throughout the movie. And Spielberg's like, no, we're we're keeping this hidden through most of the movie. And it it then, by doing that, became such this perfect monster movie with a slow reveal of this giant shark. Yeah. Um. Oh, okay, I remember one of my points now. I really liked... So this movie... It really works in its time setting because it works really well in the time it's set in because if it was if this movie was made in like 2015 let's say the technology available would like not make this as much of a threatening movie right. you know mm-hmm. or you know there wouldn't be this old crazy fisherman that knows how to do all this <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah um And there's also just not a lot known about sharks at that point. Uh, One of the things about Jaws culturally was it scared the hell out of people about sharks. And everybody started going out and just hunting them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like like that scene with Ellen Brody. Uh, It's really, really represented well there is when their son's out on the boat. And Ellen's like, oh, what's the big deal? He's out on his boat. And then she looks at the book. And sees what Martin has been looking at and seeing all these pictures of sharks and what sharks do to people and immediately freaks out. Yeah. And I, that shows what this movie did to people with sharks in the open water. Yeah. Well, it is, it is funny to think about like, um, the fact that, so like, I mean, we take for granted, obviously the internet all the time. Right. But if I was just curious about like what sharks are or what mm-hmm. they need to be or anything like i can just go look like that mm-hmm. i don't ever have to wonder it's not this extra step to go to the library and get a book um and so it is just funny the idea that people are just like there's sharks are a problem but they're not like i should go look up sharks like that's can you imagine first... quint just in the public library just, i need your books about sharks <laughs> <laughs> Only way to learn about sharks is see them. <laughs> Stare them in the eyes. I'll take these three books about sharks and this one called The Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Looks like a good story. <laughs> All right, Ty. All right. Lay it on us. It's... All right, so what didn't work? <laughs> this movie, though, it it is the perfect encapsulation of three just three adult men like going out who have come from way different like walks of life and all have their own different ways of solving this problem it it's one for a movie being in the 70s and focus on like three dudes on a boat it's not like drenched in toxic masculinity it's not like we are ah we are strong men you have quint who is the very like typically masculine guy uh who's also fucking insane you have Brody, who is your salt of the earth, just normal police chief guy and wants to get his problem solved. And then you have Hooper, who... Hooper is just this, like you said, this guy who has mm-hmm. come up through wealth, but his he's not squandered it, and he has made his whole life's passion. Like, he's used every bit of his wealth to pursue researching sharks. And you have the people who have talked about this movie. It's a study in... Uh, Science, religion, and the common man, uh, which it's, I feel, or it's not religion, it's spirituality. And so science is Hooper, spirituality is represented by Quint, and the common man is Brody. And the common man is who eventually wins out and kills the shark, but wouldn't have gotten there without either spirituality or science. I've never heard that, like, that trope before like is that a pretty common thing in movies in general or is that just Jaws I haven't heard it I haven't seen it in a lot of things but it's it's an idea that's present in a lot of literature uh-huh. uh, but I obviously I only know of it because of Jaws and I couldn't give you examples of it otherwise uh, that's but, interesting I just didn't know that character like mm-hmm. paradigm you know anything yeah, that's uh, interesting to think about it the only thing I could even possibly think of is maybe Star Wars uh, Star Wars has a similar approach, uh, but it is obviously more on the spirituality side because right. uh, that's where Luke goes to. Uh, and then maybe Lord of the Rings in a sense. But anything that has the hero's journey is going to have some sort of variation on that because yeah. this is also very much a hero's journey type of story. Yeah, It's them slaying the dragon. And then the you have all the world building with Amity Island and... You know, take it or leave it. I love it. That's not for everybody. But then you have the second half of the movie, which is the best hour of film that's ever mm-hmm. been created. <laughs> it's from as soon as you're presented with them loading up the boat and you have those warring personalities, even then, you have Brody who just wants to get on the boat and go, Hooper who's trying to load up all his science shit, and Quint who's just giving him hell for the entire thing. Radar, sonar, electric toothbrush, and just, uh, they and they take off, and they're just out there on the ocean until the shark is finally revealed to them. And Quentin Hooper knew what they were getting themselves into. Brody had no fucking idea, and Brody is completely terrified when he sees this and refuses to turn back. And then you have Quint's slow descent into madness trying to get this shark because when they finally have him hooked on the end of the boat and he's burning out everything in their engines they're blowing black smoke and quint is just singing the song he's been singing the entire time and he doesn't care he knows he might die but if he doesn't die he gets his fish in and he killed the biggest shark that he's ever seen and so quint no longer cares about self-preservation at that point he's pushing the boat as far as he can while Hooper and Brody are just like, stop, we have to figure this out. Quint, what are you doing? And then they finally are pushed to the breaking point. Quint dies, Hooper goes underwater, and it's left just to Brody to figure out how he can beat this shark mm-hmm. while he's on a sinking ship. And he knows it's either him or the shark at that point. And he uses what he learned from Quentin Hooper uh, because he knows that, I mean... Will this actually work? I don't know, but he knows that within the frame of the movie, he can shoot this compressed air tank and it will explode and shred the shark. Yeah. And he just uses what is around him in order to kill this monster, and then him and him and Hooper just swim back to shore triumphant. And that's it. I'm done. 
Swim through a whole bunch of chummed water. <laughs> yeah. That's my TED Talk. <laughs> oh, I will say, though, I do like... There's a lot of the character building. One of my favorite moments is when Hooper comes over for dinner, and you see him... He brings the two bottles of wine, and they, they open up the red, and... Martin, after just a hell of a day, just fills up his entire glass. That one still has whiskey in it, too. (laughs) And just pounds a pint glass full of red wine. And then he tells him, you know, I'm not drunk enough to go out there on... I'm not drunk enough to go out on the water. And then he gets hammered. He gets hammered. When they cut to it, you see him with the second bottle of wine that Hooper brought over. Uh, So that's just... There's a lot of those little character notes that I really, really like. Yeah. I think the the last thing I liked about this movie, because uh, you covered pretty much all of it, um, is the like right when they go into Quint's like shack shack. Thank you. Yeah. And you see all the other sharks, and then that's when you finally get the the credibility of mm-hmm. of what Quint has to offer, and you're like, oh fuck, like this dude really is a shark hunter. You know what I mean? And it gives us a really cool shot of them heading out to sea mm-hmm. through the jaws. Yeah. I That's I love that shot. Yeah. 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 Alright, anything else on what worked well before we get to what didn't work well? Let's tear this movie apart. <laughs> okay. So I'll caveat all my criticisms with I'm watching this in twenty nineteen. Right? So this movie is is this movie almost it's almost fifty years old. Yeah. Almost, yeah. Right? In six years, mm-hmm. it'll be 50 years old. So um, what what this movie doesn't do well is not because it didn't do it well in the first place. Right? It's all because it hasn't aged mm-hmm. well. And I think I know where you're going. Yeah. So what hasn't aged well is the shark, to me, yeah. personally. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with you that of its time, it was a really good practical right. effect. Is there because there's really nothing else and you so could if, do? Right, and so if you compare it to other movies from the 70s, it's mm-hmm. phenomenal and it's really good effects. But it's it's hard to watch it through a prism of that. It's you know what I mean. It's easy right. to watch it through, and so I'm it just, trying it not. D- to. It dates the movie. Right, I'm trying not to, mm-hmm. but it is that type of stuff that does take you out of the movie when they're building it to this terrible monster. And then you see it, and you're like, "That looks like something I've seen from Carnival, right?" You know yeah, what I mean? Chewing out on chewing on the rope out in the ocean, <laughs> right? Right. So I think that's the only thing that doesn't. If you've never seen this movie, or if you haven't seen this movie in a while, mm-hmm. or if you're not the kind of person that watches old movies a lot, which I can say is probably yeah. me, right? Like I'm not watching movies from the '70s very often. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, um, but that's just not what my frame of reference is and so I think that's something for me that hasn't aged well but I also know that uh, at least Tyler I think Riley too you guys would maybe say that because you like all the the Mm. old 70s and 80s horror movies you probably have seen more movies in this frame of reference than I have I would say so yeah and so I think just our viewing of this is different based on our experiences for sure Mm mm-hmm so I mean that's the big thing for yeah. me that doesn't work. I don't think the first hour is very entertaining. I've talked about it. In yeah, the, in I, the first part. and I kind of agree with that. I think they could have taken maybe one of the attacks away, or taken a, a couple away, or well, they killed a dog. That's one of the things they didn't like. Pip it, killed the dog. Yeah, what the fuck? The dog didn't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> um, but then I think if you maybe had like you know take out one or two and then have like either the chief or the mayor's son get be attacked in some mm-hmm. way maybe I think not just not live having the mayor's son be attacked would have been if we're talking plot changes mm-hmm. that is the best plot change that could have been right. made is if he was attacked because then i just think that would have gotten us to that last hour yeah. sooner with the same mm-hmm. But also, I mean... Everyone in the same urgency to kill the shark. You do have to have the mayor's resistance to it, though. Right. Um, Because for the first half of the movie, he's the villain, not the Mm -hmm. shark. I do have a couple of things. One, there is one line in this movie that every single time I can't stand it. And it's the... When when they bring in the first shark, and uh, Hooper says it's a tiger shark, and you have the dude, Oh, what? (laughs) 
Fucking just, uh, every single There's time. There's also a lady in the background that they're like, we need to at least close the beach for 24 hours. And 24 she- hours is like three weeks. <laughs> that one, I don't hate that one, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think The that, people of Amityville. Yeah. Or Amity. I was, I actually had this when we first started watching it, where, because um, the teens in the first part suck, right? They're bad actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I had this thought, and I don't know that it's actually true, but it feels true. I feel like the extras in a movie and or the secondary characters in movies have gotten better. Yeah, like there are I would more, say so. There are more people in movies, there are more people who are actors now who are looking for their chance to shine, who can do exactly what the director mm-hmm. tells them. Where I think these people are just like, hey, can we just go get some teens and like put them in the front of the movie? You know what I mean? Right. Because like, um, they're just not... They're not any good. So a lot um, of a lot of the extras in this movie um, were actually just people in Martha's Vineyard, uh, okay. especially for like the Fourth of July when it, the beach was packed. That was just people there. There were just people there. Yeah. Interesting. One other note I have about what this movie not necessarily even didn't do well. Oh, I do have one more. It's a sign of the times, but there every single person, save for like one extra, every single person in this movie is white. And it's very homogenous, but it is, it's a New York Island vacation town in the 70s. That's probably what it's going to look like. You remake Jaws today, and I think, and I've heard this said before too, I think Donald Glover would be the perfect Hooper if you remade Jaws. I can see that. I still have a hard time taking Donald Glover serious. That's fair. Like, I think we've talked about this before, but that was my, that was the thing that was hard for me for on Solo. Is other people really liked him, mm-hmm. and I just I've seen him so much in Community and other things, and him as Charles Gambino that I just have a hard time taking him as like a serious actor, because it always seems like underneath everything like he's about to make a joke, which I know is unfair, right? Like mm-hmm. like if you let Will Ferrell do dramatic stuff and you let Adam Sandler do dramatic stuff, like why can't Donald Glover? And I think he can, but I think it'll take me maybe one or two more sure. to see him in a serious role to be able to go back and view him in that way, right? Um, so I don't know if I would say that. Yeah, for me, he'd be a good. That's player. fair. Uh, the only other one is the nitpick of the the compressed air tank. Yeah, the myths aren't even busted. It doesn't <laughs> work. Also, when Jaws explodes, you see him like floating down in two pieces, head still intact, where the can where the exploded can was, point yeah. blank range. I think he would have opened up more like a like a Looney Tunes explosion, mm-hmm. you know, like the opened can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he would have exploded more like that. I, I like to think that the the head is cut off because Quint was eaten with the machete. So Quint is just inside, just, <laughs> just hacking him apart. Um, anything else that didn't work well? I got nothing. It's a pretty short, pretty short piece. Yeah. All right. We'll give our standout scene and then Tyler, we'll let you do the end of this one as well. So Riley, what was your okay. standout scene? So mine is going to be the first encounter of the shark. Basically, I want to... Where it kills the teen girl? No, no, no. Or the so, like, one. when we first see the whole, like, Jaws the whole up close, like, he's chumming the water, and they get the first tank on him. That first chase scene until he drags it under. Uh-huh. That'd be my standout. Um, because you get the idea of the severe, like, how big the shark is. What Chief, what's his, whatever his name is. Uh, Brody. Yeah, Brody. His reaction, I feel like, is very uh, symbolic of like what the audience reaction would be yeah. to first seeing the shark. And, you know, that's the famous backup. We're gonna need a bigger boat. And yeah. So that's my pick for yeah. standout. Yeah, in that scene, he's he's definitely like the avatar for the audience, mm-hmm. right? Where you're like, oh fuck, this Shook. is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to pick a, a favorite scene for sure. I think my favorite scene is when they all are comparing scars. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, a close second for me. Yeah. I, and I was hoping one of you guys would take it so that I didn't have to, because that has to be somebody's standout yeah. scene. I like when they're comparing the scars. It's it's because Brody lifts up his shirt and you can tell he's about <laughs> to say something and then decides I have an to. appendix scar. <laughs> <laughs> And then you have that that goes into the Indianapolis speech, yeah. mm-hmm. and then all of them singing, and that's yeah, that's such a well crafted scene. Well, especially since Hooper and Quint hate each other so much, yeah, it's the scene where they finally decide they're like, ah, like we're both okay. You Alcohol know I mean? solves like, every problem. Yeah, yeah. 
I'll drink to your leg. I'll drink to your leg. Okay, so we drink to our legs. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why I stand that scene. Yeah. Rewatching it, uh, one surprised me that I've always loved, but I've since I had to start looking at scenes other than the scars and the Indianapolis speech to mm-hmm. be my standout because I knew like that was getting discussed one way or another. So the first barrel scene is actually going to be my standout scene. All right, good pick. Yeah, and that's and it's after it's after that first reveal, but it's when like Brody's freaking out. Yeah, Hooper is uh, Hooper's just up driving the boat, and Quint just like calmly goes to get his spear gun and put that mm-hmm. together, and then uh, has Br- has Hooper tie on the barrel because you have Hooper waiting or Quint waiting for his shot. Brody not knowing what the fuck to do, uh, and then uh, Hooper just like tying super quick. And a character note that I really like in that is that one way he says, "Don't wait for me," mm-hmm. and he just starts tying. And then when he yells "time," as he pulls it tight and it gets pulled off, uh, it just that shows so much about what Hooper's character is. So yeah, I just I love that scene. Yeah, so first barrel scene, and yeah, then it goes right barrel. into the scars. Right. Yeah. Really, I mean, we can just say the second half of this movie is yeah. our standout scene. <laughs> All right, let's get into what was your letdown scene. Don't have one. I'm trying to think. My, I think mine has to be up until the first shark attack, like with the teens, because mm-hmm. one it takes. It seems like it takes a really long yeah. time. Like the intro into the teens, into them chasing each other, and like it's just goofy. It feels. <laughs> it I feels mean, like a seventies movie. Yeah, it feels yeah. like a seventies like pop movie, which yeah. I understand Jaws is mm-hmm. right, um, but it's just I don't think it's aged well either. Sure, um, I'd say for me, it'd probably be that stretch um, when they all go out and hunt for the shark. Like all the townspeople, uh-huh. and they bring in the tiger shark. I think that's probably my letdown because it's so frustratingly obvious that it's not the shark. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's just we're wasting time. This right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I don't have one. Can't can't come up with one. I think yours is really good because I think it's very relatable. I will say that about the first hour of this movie. Mm-hmm. I think the struggles that the chief goes through are very relatable, where everybody's like. Yeah, we know there's a problem. We know how to fix it. We just don't really want to. But we wanna. need money. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Because it's it's a... I think it's a very... Not that I've ever led a town against a shark attack. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Um, but I think it's a very relatable thing where there are problems in the world that seem to have solutions that if we would just take it seriously and do it, that it would be accomplishable. Mm-hmm. But everybody's like, well, I'd rather make... You know, like I need to make money, or like I mean, it's it doesn't it doesn't meet my individual needs, and so it's mm-hmm. like it's very like applicable to other things. It, it's so. been pointed out that the first half of this movie with uh, Mayor Vaughn are very relatable now. Mm-hmm. Um, just like not to name specific examples, because if I started, I'd keep going forever. Right. Yeah, but I mean, it's this just, is a positive podcast. This is a positive podcast, but we we see local state federal politicians who use the system and they care more about a profit than the well-being of the people that they are supposed to represent and i think jaws jaws does such a good job of showing that Mm -hmm. and it's you know this has been a thing for nearly 50 years and far far beyond that right It's, it's always been a thing and this is one of those evergreen Evergreen, evergreen tweet moments. Yeah. It's just like there's a tweet for everything yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Um, who is your Dom Hall Gleason Award? This is tough because, again, it's... Pip-pip! Oh, man. <laughs> no, I'm going to say Ellen Brody. Uh, I saw a bit of trivia. She was like the... She was the wife of the studio head. Yeah. And that's why she got it. Yeah. I love Ellen Brody. I love her and Martin's relationship. Uh, because, like... You want to get drunk? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I know the shark's out there eating people, but, you know. <laughs> she just, like, you know, she's a, kind of a bored housewife, loves her husband, in the movie. 
in the book, she bangs Hooper. But oh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, give give me more movie Ellen Brody. Don't give me a movie about Ellen Brody, please. Yeah. Is that don't what, do that? Is that what some of the later one ones of, are? One about? of them is, and I think that's Jaws: The Revenge. <laughs> that is Ellen Brody. Okay, uh, so hold on, let's break it down. So it's Jaws. Is there Jaws, Jaws two, two? Jaws three D, and then Jaws: The Revenge. Yeah, and then Jaws nineteen. I didn't. I don't know what that one is. Uh, it's the one in Back to the Future Part Two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Making fun of sequels even back then. Yeah, exactly. I really don't know who my award is for this because I think that all the important people in this movie right. got their screen time. Right? Like all three guys have their own time to shine. They all do their own like monologue. Right. They all have their own piece. I don't necessarily like or dislike Ellen Brody. Um, I don't like the kids. I don't want to see them more. Yeah. yeah um, I want to see what's his name's dumb shocked face. I don't right. need any more of that. And the and even the mayor, I think, is actually in this movie an appropriate amount. Mm-hmm. You so, don't want the kids' New York accent more. I don't like. We've talked about it before. Kid actors are just they're just bad. They're just bad. <laughs> it's not your fault, kids. You're just a, you're just a kid, but you're bad. I, like I take wa- me out of the movie. I want to say uh, Quint for this award, but I can't take him because what makes him. Not having him a lot in the first half is what builds the mystery around him, like right. this creepy old sailor. Yeah, and yeah. That being makes, the last resort. Right, and that makes his, I don't know, arrival into the second half of the movie as, as good as it is. So, so if we can't land on a person, is there something that happens in this movie that you wish happened more, or a scene that was expanded upon, or anything like that? I almost want to say more on the boat, but also, if you extend that at all, you may lose something. And that's where I'm at with the first hour, right? Mm -hmm. Is I still don't think the first hour is very interesting, and I don't know exactly what I would change about it, but you can't make the ship longer. Uh, Mm -hmm. Gleason Award, the ship's engine. Wish it would have lasted longer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what I would change about this movie. Nothing. (laughs) And I don't think that's because it has a perfect rating for me. But I also just don't know what you would change about the structure that wouldn't mm-hmm. make other mm-hmm. things more cheap. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. All right. Also, so, even though she's not here, uh, I do have a Friends episode that this makes oh, me okay. think of. And it's the, uh, it's the episode where Chandler gets caught watching porn and he <laughs> flips to a channel with sharks on it. So she thinks she's, he's watching shark porn. Exactly. Yeah. All right, next segment. <laughs> All right, we are, um, our, our newest segment is that we are going to try and do like a BuzzFeed quiz or something like that on BuzzFeed air. quiz. BuzzFeed quiz. Um, so today we're going to attempt to do a sporkle. Uh, sporkles where you like fill in the blank or do mm-hmm. like a quiz or whatever. So this is, can you name the missing words from these movies featuring sharks? So it'll be like blank blue sea. Deep blue sea. Bright. Yeah, so that's probably what it'll be. Deep so, water horizon. I don't have internet, but okay. this was up beforehand, so we're going to try. <laughs> Are we sure it works? Uh, no. We're going to see if I hit okay, play quiz, not, I mean, what happens. So get ready, listeners. We're going to see if this works. All right, so it actually is, seems to be working. Okay. So deep blue sea. Okay. Uh, Ghost shark 2, urban blank. Assault. Urban shark. Not assault. Shark, yeah, urban shark. Shark is shark tail. That's the third one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I so there's go shark two urban blank, 47 meters blank, shark blank. Is it 47 meters down? Yes, 47 meters down. Is shark. it urban chum? Chum? No, it's not. Urban sailor. Is it urban tail? No, it's not. Urban predator. Urban revenge. Wait, no, urban predator is just predator too. <laughs> oh, Jaws the Revenge was another one over yeah. here though. Okay, so we've got Shark Blank 3D, Two-Headed Shark Blank, Shark in the Blank. Shark Knight 3D? No, is that right? Shark Knight 3D, yep. Two-Headed two headed Shark Blank. Attack? Two-Headed Shark Attack? Attack. Is it Two-Headed yep, Shark right. Okay. No. Shark and Blank. <laughs> Wait. Oh, Eagle. Oh, is Eagle versus Shark or Eagle and Shark on there? No. Shark Boy versus Lava Girl. No. no. Uh, okay, we'll skip blank water. Okay, there's blank water. Open water. Open water, yeah. Open water. Nope, that's not open water. 
Uh, Mega Shark versus Blank Octopus. Giant Octopus. Yes. Okay. Open Blank. Water. Okay. It was a different one. <laughs> okay. Spring Spring Break. That's uh, break. <laughs> spring Break Shark Attack. Attack of the Blank Shark. Killer. Nope. Ghost. Zombie. Nope. It's not ghost. It's not zombie. 30 foot. <laughs> giant shark. I think we already did giant. Tiny, yeah. tiny shark. Okay. Baby uh, shark. 12 blanks of terror. Nights. 12 sharks of terror. Nope. Days. Yep, that's days. Oh, nice. And then we already got Jaws the Revenge. Okay. It's blank the Fourth Awakens. Oh, Sharknado 4. Star Wars. Sharknado the Fourth Awakens. Sharknado. Mako the Jaws of blank. Fate. Life? <laughs> uh, no, Life was the Life Aquatic and CFCC was the next one. Jaws of Death. Yep. Uh, blank Nemo. Killing Nemo. <laughs> Abandoning my child. <laughs> I have abandoned my child! <laughs> Alright, that one is finding. Okay, we have a minute and a half to get three more. Okay. Uh, or four more. Attack of the Blank Shark, Ghost Shark, the Herb. Ghost flying Shark. Did we try that oh, one? Oh, we didn't. Flying. No, it's not. Robot. Robot. Oh, good one. No. Ghost Shark 2, Urban Blank. Shark and Blank. Blank Water. Attack of the Blank Shark. I give up. I'm going to do blue. No. We Bad radio. Up. Have you just typed in shark? Yeah. Okay. Um, open. No, wait. What's the other one? Deep something? Deep Water uh, Horizon. Oh, Deep Blue? Is that that one? We already did. No. There's Attack of the Blank Shark, Blank Water. It's not open water because we've already done yeah. that. Shark in Blank. Bloody Water? Blood. No, Bloody. No. Urban Renewal? Urban. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost Shark 2, Urban Renewal. <laughs> this fall on HGTV. <laughs> shark in Trouble. <laughs> shark Brothers. Flip that shark. Attack of the Blank Shark. Angry. <laughs> Mad. Prehistoric? Uh, Dino shark. Big. Ooh, Dino. Huge. Sad. <laughs> Sad shark. Oh, uh, oh, so we, what did we miss? Okay, Go Shark 2, Urban Jaws. Oh. Uh, shark in Venice. Oh. Uh, red Water. Damn. And Attack of the Jurassic Shark. Oh, oh so close. Oh. Uh, I was just Jurassic what? Shark. I put a, should have put that together. But 14 out of 18, we got a score of 78%. Average score is 49%. So Boom. suck it, everyone else. That's why, that's why we have a podcast. <laughs> if you can do better, go on to Sporkle and find... We'll and, po- and, don't we'll listen, post okay. and don't listen to our results. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, don't try. I didn't think through that one. Prior to listening to the podcast, yeah. we'll put it on Twitter to not listen to the podcast first. <laughs> don't listen no, to we'll our just, podcast. No, we'll just post the, sp- the <laughs> sporkle tonight or whatever. Yeah, before we before we do the actual pod. Okay. All right. All right. Let's do ratings. I don't know if there's a number small enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, with your blatant disregard of the rating system, I'm sure you can find one. I named this one out of four jaws. Because <laughs> it is the first one. Um, hmm. I think this movie's a seven for me. Okay. I want to go eight and a half. Okay. I'm going ten. You've gotten a lot of tens I have in, throughout the show. Yeah. Weird how that works. <laughs> all right, Rob, so we get to review all yeah. these movies I'm I gonna, love. I'll tell you what. I want to bump mine up to seven and a half because I do think it's really good. I just, I think compared to... Other movies, you know how we were talking before about how I was giving my hot take that Jaws is slow? Mm-hmm. What I'm thinking of is the first 45 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really not like slow <coughs> as much as you feel like it's ultimately unnecessary. Well, right. I think that it suffers from the rewatch. Right. Because you, you, just... you know the fun parts at the end. Right. You have to slog mm-hmm. through it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I will say I have done it where I... Just skipped. I put on from where uh, where he goes over to Quint's shack okay. and watch the rest of the movie from there. I've yeah. done that, so yeah. I, I can't fault you for that entirely. Yeah. So I don't know if that necessarily speaks to what's wrong with it as much as it's just harder to rewatch a suspenseful movie when the first 45 minutes don't offer you any suspense. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, okay, and Parkhouse not here, so we will uh, not have her rating. But you want to get into? She'd probably give it like a six. Yeah, <laughs> she. Prodcath enjoyed this one, but not nearly as much as I do. Yeah, which is most most of the movies I show her. Yeah. All right. So who the hell is this movie for? Yeah. Okay, who I have to one. Take out the big ones. Who, who's bringing out the big guns yeah. first? Um, I have one. We talked about it before. I think I might have even mentioned that this on a, a pit for who the hell is for. So we're gonna start cataloging it so we don't yeah. keep making the same suggestions. But I think actually um, the descent is a good okay. pick for this. I like that. I like uh, that. Because what I was thinking about and trying to think of parallels is they are you go they go out hunting for the fish, right? And they're they're on the boat and so they are quote unquote protected. And very quickly it feels like they are now trapped out on the water mm-hmm. with the shark. And so mm-hmm. I was trying to think of movies where people were trapped with some supernatural thing or some monster. And so I think my pick is the descent. Okay. Should we let's do we want to just like round robin? Let's it? round robin it. Okay. Yeah. Um Jurassic Park. Yeah, knew that was coming. Yeah. Uh animatronics are just like everything Spielberg did in Jaws, he like if you like multiply it times ten mm-hmm. is what you get Jurassic Park. I'm gonna say Twister. Oh, interesting. Because they're it, it has a very similar feel of this team going out against this, uh, you know, it's a natural disaster in Twister, but there there's a target that they're chasing to try mm-hmm. and figure out how to beat. Uh, and has a very similar dichotomy of this, like, science, common man, and then you just have Dusty. So, who's he's his own character. He's his own <laughs> dichotomy. Um, uh, yeah, so I'll go with that. Um, I feel like mine are kind of obvious today, but um, I assume one of you is going to say Alien as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Also. All right. Well, I'm going to take Alien. Alien is Jaws <laughs> in space. Yeah. <laughs> Which came first, actually? Did Alien Jaws. Come? Jaws came first. Mm-hmm. Okay. They they advertised Alien as Jaws in space. Did they really? Mm-hmm. Oh shit! I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah, because Jaw the plot of Jaws two is uh, there's a little shark that pops out of. <laughs> Out of someone's chest. <laughs> God, Jaws two. If they had put Bill Paxton in it, there we go. Oh man, he's in Aliens. Uh, put him in all these sequels. All right, I said Alien. I'm gonna do one more, even though I just did my round robin. If you like Richard Dreyfus and you want to see him in a totally different type of movie, you might like What About Bob. Oh. He goes on a boat in that. I'm a sailor. Yeah, I'm I sailing. sail. <laughs> I almost posted that as my Twitter gif instead of from Arrested Development. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't know if enough people had seen What About Bob to get it. Yeah. So I just went with that one. Okay. Um. Well, I feel like we can't do this without mentioning other shark movies. Um, because of the thousands that this spawned. Yeah, it's it's crazy that shark movies have become a genre. And I think I'm going to skip the Meg for, and I'm going to say Deep Blue Sea. Okay. Yeah. I think I prefer that one to Deep Blue Sea doesn't exist without this movie. Right. But also, not that bad on its own. It really isn't. It's really, looking through the other shark movies, there aren't any better than Jaws. Yeah. So, what was the one that uh, Blake Lively was in? Uh, the, the girl in the sea. I don't know. Is it the shallows? That one. Yeah, something Tell like that. Tell me something, girl. Uh, Gossip Girl. That's what it was. <laughs> I think that one was the shallows, though. Yeah, I think that's right. All right, Ty, what do you got? Uh, one of our other one. My last one. One of our others on the uh, pole, Lake Placid. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's just Jaws in a lake. Exactly. Hell yeah. Which I think. I think there's a sci-fi movie about, like, a giant shark somehow ending up in freshwater. Oh, I'm sure there is. I think it has Coolio in it. <laughs> if I can figure out what movie that is. Um, all right, Jeff, you got any other ones? I'm trying to think of the... I got none. I think that's about it. Yeah. It's, yeah, like you said, I think the fact that this not only spawned other movies, but an entire genre, uh-huh. you could watch mm-hmm. any... Shark-based movie. Yeah. There was an indie one 
Uh, oh man, what was that called? It might have been. Oh, Ooh, Tremors. I'll say Tremors as well. Tremors. Okay. There was a there was an indie one that I watched like I think in high school, and it was like it was like found footage, uh, Shark Attack. So it's like this person had a GoPro and they were out swimming like with their husband and their. I think that's oh, isn't okay. that open water? Is that open water? Yeah, yeah. I think okay. so. They get like the the diving school like leaves them behind. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that is open water. Okay. <laughs> all right. So all right. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. What are we doing next week? Uh, like I said earlier, it is Prodcath's uh, staff pick this week. And so to get in the Easter spirit, we're going to be watching the original old claymation type one, whatever you call that type of animation. Here comes Peter Cottontail. Oh, boy. How, let's, I wanna, I'll, let's look this up real quick. How can people access such a film? Catherine owns it, and she <laughs> so, said you guys can borrow it. So she's going to Facebook Live it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here comes Peter. It's short enough that we might be able to just all watch it together when you're up next weekend, Riley. (laughs) That's very plausible. It is race weekend, guys, next weekend. So (laughs) race war. It's in Texas. It's in Texas today. (laughs) Um, Peter Cottontail. You you can cut that out. Is it the 1971 film? Yes. Okay. Let's see here. Anyway, is, while we get that this is odd. out, yeah. this has been episode 29 of Who the Hell is This For? Thank you guys for listening. The two rating scales on this movie are 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb, but 5 out of 5 at Walmart. 